Games in this podcast range from E to M. Hey, welcome to the official Xbox podcast. You can already tell this one is going to be a bit off the rails. If you're joining us on <laughs> Xbox's YouTube, uh, you should know you could be listening to us also on the go on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or on Google Podcasts. And if you happen to be listening to us right now, you can always check us out on youtube.com slash Xbox. So let's think back to last week. We had Malik here, actually his last show. He is now in sunny San Diego. And as I dodged the raindrops to get here, I'm not jealous in the slightest. And also Tina. Tina is out of the office this week, which means the cheese couch is occupied by two people making their debuts here on the official Xbox podcast. I got to say, Brittany Brombacker from... Bocker, uh, Jeff. Brombacker from What's Good Games. Correct. I've slipped back into my Philly accent immediately. My acker. It's you okay. Know. The show knows how my name's spelled wrong anyway. It's, it's fine. Uh, terrible. Xbox, what kind of professionalism do you have over here? We're off to an amazing start. Assuming we don't restart the show, Britt. Uh, <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> uh, you, right now, What's Good Games is on a hiatus. Yes. And I will say that um, my initial thoughts were selfish. That's okay. Because I listen to you all. Every week, I, I think it's uh, What's Good Games is one of the best podcasts like you know, on gaming that there you could find anywhere, along with Andrea and Rihanna. Um, and I knew that I couldn't wait to hear you talk about Like a Dragon Gaiden. And knowing that you all were stopping uh, or you know temporarily, mm -hmm. I wanted to have you here. So I'm very excited. We'll be talking about that. But just tell us like how have things been going. Things have been going good. We're only two weeks into our hiatus. So Rihanna, one of our members, is expecting her first child here in just a few weeks. And Andrew and I were talking about it. And we're like, you know what? We haven't really taken an actual break, except for maternity leave, which is like not a break, since we launched in 2017. So wow. why don't we take some time, be with the family during the holidays, and just kind of give ourselves some mental R&R. &R. I love that. So like I said, we're only two weeks into it. So I'm still kind of like every Wednesday when we normally record the show, I'm like, oh, got to get ready for the show tonight. And it's like, no, actually you don't. You can just kind of like chill out and play some games. So things are going good. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely an adjustment. You know, mm -hmm. you kind of have, you know what it's like running a podcast. I do now. You do now. See, <laughs> now that you're the commander in cheese because of the cheese couch. See, this is this is the type of quality that we aspire to reach. <laughs> I, you know, I'm very good at, uh, what you call me? The the disruptor, the derailment. The derail chief derailment officer. I don't know what you called me, whatever it was. Um, it's what I'm good at. But no, things are going really good and we'll be back in February. Um, but I was also sad when I realized that I was not going to have the opportunity to go on a podcast and talk about like a Dragon Gaiden. Um, but... You know what? I'm here now. We are very excited to be talking about that. Uh, you're someone who I always look to for how I should interpret different things, uh, breaking down trailers, especially especially I, with that. But I other games as well, like yeah. Resident Evil and all the all the horror games. We, we have plenty to talk about. But I would also like to move a little further down the cheese couch and introduce you to uh, somebody that uh, has previously been on the Xbox podcast, but it's been some time. Mm -hmm. Jen Panettone, you're the head of social impact here at Xbox. Indeed. What does that mean? Um, so social impact at Xbox means a couple different things. For us, um, this team is a very lean and kind team. We are not big and we oversee social impact for the world. And I'll get into how we do that. Um, we oversee community campaigns. So if you see us celebrating International Women's Day, International Day of the World's Indigenous People, Pride, et cetera, that's centralized out of this team. We also do uh, the nonprofit partnerships for Xbox. And so we either will drive them or we will consult on them just to make sure there's a lot of paperwork that goes with nonprofit stuff. So we figured out all the hard stuff so no one has to. 
Um, humanitarian Relief is our newest program that we elevated. It was generally kind of part of nonprofit relief or nonprofit partnerships previously, but there's just been a lot of it going on right now. I mean, the gaming community donated Microsoft Rewards points mm -hmm. to the effect of $50,000 in two weeks, right? Right. Um, and then sustainability marketing. So what we're doing to make Xbox a more sustainable company, whether it be through our hardware, our products, all that stuff. So we are busy. And yeah. with this tiny team that we have, you know, we want to make sure that we are global, globally relevant. So we have global scale, local relevance. So to do that, we actually have a V team or a bunch of individuals across the business who it's not their day job to do this, but they have a portion of it dedicated to uh, doing this type of work. That makes up, I think now it's 61 different teams and 155 people. So you're busy. A smidge. Busy and important. Sorry? Busy and important. It is everyone else. It is a lot of good stuff. I'm just lucky to be able to talk about this stuff, honestly. One of the things we love talking about is what people can do at home. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned it very briefly, but as you're playing games, mm -hmm. like I don't, as you play a game on Game Pass, sometimes you'll see a thing pop up. Yeah, and yeah. You're getting these points, but yep. you're, you can take those points and you can donate those to worthy causes. Yeah? To nonprofits that you choose. We always try and add a bunch of nonprofits as much as we can. Um, you know, if you are into animal rescue or humanitarian relief or um, supporting underrepresented communities, we have options for all of that. You can also do things like donate your blood. Um, we had, that's one of my favorite ones, actually. Um, oh. stated Wait, through the through the system? Unfortunately, not yet. Is that you a don't new have that I don't know. <laughs> a little prick comes up. And yeah, we <laughs> haven't figured that out yet. Um, patents are still pending. But um, for, you know, Undead Labs with State of Decay, there's a blood plague. And in the beginning of the mm. pandemic, we were trying to play on the theme of blood. And so they created this blood drive. And they got 169,000 people to sign up and donate blood. Which, if you're bad at math like me... That can save either 169,000 people or half million because each bag of blood is one to three people. Hmm. Today I learned. Tis wild. Wow. wow. It's not just about games here. It's yeah. about, you know, blood. education, bags of blood, what you can do at home. Ah. And also just playing games and then Play you know, with purpose. passively racking up money that you can donate to different, different causes. Exactly. So yeah. Thanks for what you do. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But what we always love to talk about here on the official Xbox podcast is, is what we're playing. And we, we were having a conversation about is 2023 like the greatest games lineup of things to play ever? Uh, I'm landing on yes. And I, and I say this is someone it's who came nice. about in yeah. 2007. So um, Jen, we'll start with you because I already know what you're playing, Britt. <laughs> what are you playing right now, Jen? It really depends on my mood. I kind of oscillate between Stardew Valley, RimWorld, Starfield, um... Those are kind of my go-tos right now, but also Tears of the Kingdom, all these different types of games. It really just, it really is like that what is am I a feeling? wide variety yes. of different genres. Yeah, basically yeah. anything that isn't spooky. What's oh. RimWorld? <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. Yes. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, RimWorld is a top-down eight-bit uh, game. It the the creator calls it more of a story generator, and it's just kind of madness. Um, I usually like to start in an Arctic zone because it's really tough and then you have to make some really tough decisions. But basically the premise is you crash land and you have to rebuild to build a spaceship to get back to space. I think that's boring. Um, I like building bases and again, making some real difficult decisions. When you say difficult decisions, like what? What is a difficult decision? Um, my, one of the first things I usually build in my base is a people freezer. <laughs> <laughs> I love how she just says Perfectly that with the straightest face. face. 
<laughs> I was thinking something like, do I want to build a resource manager or something? She's like, nah, people freeze. I mean, that comes too, but like people raid your base and it's cold uh-huh. and things freeze. And I'm like, I have dogs to feed. I mean, dogs are better than people. Yeah. I always have a dog in the base. Yeah, I have to. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I can either feed them people food, which is a precious resource. <laughs> I thought wait, you were going to say I can feed them people. people. <laughs> the, the per, we're preventing them from eating the food that the humans eat. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rimworld. Rimworld. You should check that out. What like, what <laughs> I love it. I mean, there's different ways to play it. You can, it's whatever you want to do, right? Okay. But yeah. for me, like, I mean, I always, I love the Arctic. I love cold weather. I mean, mm-hmm. these are boots that I have worn in the Arctic. So for me, oh. it's, I love it. It's whatever you want it. It's whatever you want it to be. I love how you you do wrap up a day of making hard decisions and come home and play a game where you make even harder decisions. So, um, I, you know, it's in the blood. So exactly. there we go. Uh, Britt, I know what you're playing. You know what I'm playing. Here's the thing. This is. I'm so glad we're getting together. Let's get here. comfortable. Let's uh, do this. Yes, exactly. Get because, into it. Get on the cheese couch. Let's go. Yeah, I, I consider myself a, a self-appointed yakuza influencer. Okay. Meanwhile, I am like I bow down to the patriarch of of yakuza influence. Oh wow! Uh, wow. Britt, you're you're someone who I've always looked to. <laughs> To again, how to interpret like what, what's happening in these games? Because I got into the Yakuza series um, over the pandemic, Same. and I've sort of jammed through it, and now I feel like I finally caught up. Yeah. Like, when, how did you? What's your start with my I've, start? <laughs> okay, let me talk about my start. Have you played any of the Yakuza games? I have not, and I really need to know about this shirt. By the way, oh. I mean like. Jeff doesn't have this shirt, so I'm just going to go ahead and say, like, this shirt's amazing. Thank you very much. Um, My star is, so the first RGG studio game I ever played was Judgment. From start to finish. Um, I did start Yakuza 0 when it first launched, Mm -hmm. and I never finished it. Something else came up. Years later, played Judgment, loved it. And then during the pandemic, when I had bronchitis, which was probably COVID. You don't I, see the, 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 yeah, the yeah. Uh, air quotes here. <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> we had a bad cold around that yeah, time. Back before testing was available, uh, I was really sick for a few weeks. And I was like, I need something that's going to make me feel good. And so I started playing Yakuza 0. And I absolutely fell in love with it, became absolutely obsessed with it. And then in a matter of two months, I played all seven games. Oh, my God. Wow. There was not a lot going on in yeah, those days, Jeff. There wasn't. So, yeah. So, I played uh, Yakuza 0 through 6, and then I was so obsessed I didn't want it to end. I started playing Dead Souls. I brought out my I've never played console. that one. Oh, I mean, it's, it's a trip. You should definitely check it out okay. if you're feeling, like, desperate for more Yakuza content. Nice. Um, And then, yeah, Judgment, Judgment 2, and then we had Ishin just come out. Yeah. We are eating, if you're oh. a Yakuza fan, you're eating very good. Technically, three Yakuza games within a, about a one-year period, because uh, Ishin came mm-hmm. out last January or February, I, I want to like say. feel like it was around that time. Around yeah. that time. Yeah. Uh, today, uh, you're watching this, it's airing November 9th, which is the release date for what you're seeing here. Uh, like a Dragon, Gaiden, the man who erased his name. Yes. What's happening here? So this game, I think, serves three purposes. One, it is to tell you what happened to Kiryu between Yakuza 6 and and Yakuza Like a Dragon, because, you know, 6 was supposed to be the end of Kiryu's Mm storyline. So this kind of tells you, like, what was he up to because he makes an appearance in Like a Dragon, and you're like, what? It also sets the stage for Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which comes out in January, and it ties... it. 
I'm not gonna say anything because it's spoilers. Um, and then it is for new players who maybe just got introduced into the series with Yakuza Like a Dragon to Kiru, because he does make that appearance and a lot of people who don't know who he is mm -hmm. are probably wondering, who is this guy? Why is he important? Why is he the leg legendary dragon of Dojima? And it does a pretty good job at introducing who he is today, the man he is today. Obviously, you know, you can't take seven games and summarize that in a relatively condensed experience. You know, I wrapped this game up in uh, 30 hours. Oh, But okay. I did, like, most of the side content. But I know some yeah. folks are finishing this game's campaign in 12 to 13 hours. Okay. Um, so, obviously, like, with that time frame, it's really hard to wrap up seven games and kind of explain to you what Kiru's history is and why he's so important. But I think RGD did a pretty good job at kind of showing you who he is today and what his morals are and what he stands for. People often ask me, thank you, an expert summary, so glad you're here. Uh, people will, will ask me sometimes, like, hey, where should I start? And, oh, and yeah, my default yeah. has always been like, Yakuza Zero. Um, how do you feel about Like a Dragon Gaiden as an entry point for people who maybe have seen like the trailers for uh, Infinite Wealth and they want to play, they want to go to Dandoku Island when it comes out in January, <laughs> yes, which I definitely want to, want to do. It's like Animal Crossing and delightful. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, how, how do you feel about this game as maybe if this was your first uh, Yakuza or Like a Dragon game? I mean, my go-to is always going to be Zero. That's always going to be because that you know, takes place in the 80s. That's mm -hmm. where it sets the stage where you meet Kiryu and you meet Majima. Um, so that's always going to be my go-to. But like, you know, trying to play seven games between now and maybe January 26th when Infinite Wealth comes out, that's a very, very, very tall order to ask. So I would say, you know, if you... If you have very limited time, go ahead, play Gaiden. Like I said, you'll meet Kiryu and you'll understand who the man the man he is today. But just be aware this game will spoil a lot of moments throughout mm -hmm. the seven games. Okay. Um, it will spoil the crap out of Yakuza 6 and out of Yakuza Like a Dragon. Got it. Um, okay. But, you know, listen, time is hard. Like, <laughs> time isn't a thing. People have a lot of these days. So if you don't have the time, I will say all games are on Game Pass. Look at you. Hey. Yeah, this is why we have hey. you on the show. So this is a day one Game Pass game. And, uh, you know, it, it has a very different feel, I felt like. So I played Yakuza 6. Pretty. Mm -hmm. I was trying to spread them out because I. it was sort of like a book that I didn't want to finish. Oh, yeah. Because, yes. it, because if, if I knew the ending was there in Yakuza 6, The Song of Life, that I'd always have that. Like, you know, yeah. but when, when they announced this game, I was like, well, I, I got to play it. So I wrapped up Yakuza 6 mm -hmm. just a couple of weeks ago oh. and I jump in here and it really feels dramatically different. This The vibes on, on Gaiden, mm -hmm. quite a bit different. How, how does it slot into like the pantheon of all these Yakuza games Yeah, you know, I thought Gaiden was actually a little bit more serious in tone, um, which I think makes sense if you know the story of Kiryu and like why he's in the position he is. Mm. There's just not a lot of room for tomfoolery, but I think part of the charm of these games, we talk about this all the time, is you can be having a super serious crime drama narrative moment, but mm -hmm. then on the side you're catching a panty thief. You know, like it's super <laughs> silly, silly stuff. And... I think, you know, overall, like, the tone of this game is maybe a little bit more serious. The story's a little bit mm -hmm. more serious. But mm -hmm. I think for that wacky, silly side content, the side stories in the Akame Network are absolutely there. And I think the fighting style is much different. 
So you have the Yakuza style, which is like your brawler, and then you have agent style, right? Where you have these really cool gadgets. You have the spider, which is like this tripwire you can upgrade. You have the hornet, which are these drones you can send after people. You have a firefly, which is like a lit up cigarette. So like you have all these really cool tools. That explodes, That explodes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's a cigarette that explodes. Thank you. That's very yes. important. Yeah. Okay. Um, Think of it like a, a bunch of Bond tools. Yeah. Like, cause, cause That's what I was getting. Like it kind of is either somewhere between Inspector Gadget or Bond. Like you yeah. have just a, this arsenal yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Yes. He's, so uh, Kiryu is like sort of working for a different group in this game okay. and so uh, as opposed to just like walking down the street which is happening here in the shot of course that, that I mentioned that and that's such a great scene um, uh, he's, he's working for another group that has maybe a little bit more funding yeah lots of this yeah, well, I'm seeing yeah. a lot of mini games. Like there was a golf mini game. You mentioned oh. you go track down. How thieves. much time do we have? Because like, I, <laughs> let me introduce you. And I mean, you're seeing the golf mini game. You're, there's a, a, a mini game called Pocket Racer where you customize your little go kart and you get to drive uh, race it against other people. Fun. There's a Hostess Cabaret Club mini game. And in the past, you know, it's been like you're running a Hostess Club like right here. You can see it. Mm -hmm. um, but this time, what they did is they took they held a, a contest and actresses tried out um, for to take on the role of these hostess. And you, oh, no way. that's why it looks like this. And so that's why it's all FMV now. And the idea is, is that you go to these hostess clubs and you chat with these women and then you raise their affinity towards you. Got and then you can start dating them, air quotes here. Uh, but there's all like, look at this. Like this is a karaoke mini game. This one where he dresses up as, <laughs> as Onomichio. You know, Santa, Santa Claus, Onomichio. Santa Claus. Yes. He's wearing like a silly orange helmet. And so that's like the, the beauty of these games is the stories are very serious and mm -hmm. there's a lot of gut punches in this game and a lot of hard heart-wrenching moments, but the belly laughs and the silly antics are Got just it. absolutely there. Jed, have you messed around with uh, dressing up, Kiryu? I, I, I very much have. Okay, what um, do you put him in? All right, uh, so I went sort of with like a Peaky Blinders look okay. where he's got the flat cap, Okay. And he's got the three-piece suit. Okay. And I'll we'll I'll drop. Oh, we should a, a, mention too. This here. is new to this series where exactly. you can actually dress up Kiru in um, a costume of your choice, any yes. outfit oh, okay. you want. So, he's undercover, and you see yeah. that here in some of the in oh, some right of the there. footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what what, a, what I have I feel like I already know the answer <laughs> here. But okay, uh, I put Kiru in a red latex bodysuit. Not where I thought you were going. Absolutely. I mean, I did. I I know where you think I'm going, yes. and I did. I'll tell about that one second. Um, no socks, no shoes, and then the Onomichio hat. <laughs> so he's in a skin-tight red latex bodysuit with a big orange tangerine as his uh, helmet. As I his dig disguise. it. Yeah. yeah. I dig it. Um, but also, I know where you think I'm going, which is, yes, I did dress him up as Goromajima. Eye patch. Uh, uh, the, the shirtless blazer. Yes. Mm -hmm, the the snakeskin boots, the leather pants. Absolutely. And that is such a fun touch to this game, and it's actually something I want them to do more going mm -hmm. forward. Question for you. How do you feel about Kiryu in this series? Because I'm seeing a lot, and I, I'm starting to think I'm the only one who wants him to always be involved in the Like a Dragon series. But I'm seeing a lot of people be like, let the man rest. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit mixed on Here's the thing. I really love Ichiban. Yes. And um, part of it came from right before the game came out. We had uh, Kaiji Tang, who is the English voice actor yeah. uh, on the show. And I always have played these games in, in Japanese, but now we know... Yong Ye is going to be mm -hmm. voicing the English language uh, Kiryu. So I ended up playing Like a Dragon in, in English. I ended up falling in love with, with Ichiban, who you see here. And so it was great when we did see uh, Kiryu show up. It was like a, a true, like, <gasps> yes. literally like, like, like visceral moment to react and, and, and the deep intake of breath. Um, 
And so I'm hoping that Kiryu does not overshadow mm. uh, Ichiban. So I'm very interested to see in, in Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which, by the way, has a demo that is part of Gaiden. So if, if you're excited for what you've seen about Infinite Wealth, once you beat the game, you get to play this, this demo afterwards. And how they balance the two out. Yeah. Um, what's your take? I thought, I mean, I'll never be over Kiru, but I thought after six, I thought that was such a good send off. Mm. I was obviously sad to see him go. I knew he would have some part in uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. But after playing Gaiden, man, I missed him. It felt so good to step back into his shoes. I know, listen, I'm obsessed. Uh, I love and it. I, I would be very sad and devastated if we don't get more Kiru in our uh, Like a Dragon games because there's just something about him to me. It's such a nostalgic feeling, a comforting mm -hmm. feeling. He's such an awesome character. And after playing like, what, seven, eight, nine, ten, I don't know, ten games with him, I'm not sick of him. Right. I'm not. Well, like, do you not sick of Mario? No one's saying, like, in well, Mario Wonder, like, why is Mario in the game? That's you know? true. That's yeah. true. But so, I would say yeah. that Mario doesn't really, like, talk a lot, so he can't have an annoying personality. You know when you get character fatigue on certain characters? The way RGG has written Kiru, I think, is so well, because, again, like, every situation he's in, I'm always surprised by how he reacts. It's mm. always entertaining. Yeah. It's always fascinating. I want to put him in the wackiest positions and see what he does. Um, so, yeah. That's what she said also. The wackiest <laughs> positions and the wackiest outfits. Absolutely. Yep, yep, yeah, so yep, I mean, just I'm a testament it. to him. And that's why I do not want to see the man rest. I feel bad for him, but I want him to come back again and again and again. But I, I could talk about this. Just want him to be happy. And it yeah. does seem like <laughs> I mean, that's listen. elusive. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's just a hard ask. Yeah. This is happy. making me want to play this game, actually. Like, I want to go home and <gasps> Good. play Good. Yeah. All right, I'm I would say to. decent place to start. So, uh, like a dragon Gaiden, mm -hmm. the man who erased his name. It is a forty nine ninety nine game, or day one with Game Pass on on console and PC. And I'm happy to report if you're someone who uh, uses a portable, um, I've tried this on the ASUS ROG Ally. You can actually go back and forth. There's uh, it's an Xbox Play Anywhere game, so the save just comes with you. Mm -hmm. It plays really well on that, nice. which is why I ended up doing so many of the side missions. I, I in in previous games, I generally would just sort of like dabble and then just shoot through the game in this oh. i i did all the coliseum stuff i did all the Same. the akame network stuff Same. It, okay i did everything and it literally when i got the final chapter notification i audibly said no, <laughs> no i didn't want it to end because i milked this game for everything i could so that's why you know i think it's important to tell people you can do it in 30 hours 32 35 mm -hmm. whatever or you can mainline it if you mm -hmm. just want to see the narrative mm -hmm. but for i loved the side content i thought there were so many fun throwbacks there for fans that have loved the whole series if you love judgment there's a really cool mission oh my god that was so cool yeah. and even some characters that were in kiwami 2 mm -hmm. and yakuza 0 and in other games like it was such a fun nod but again like they, they did that really nice balance of making it so new players can play mm -hmm. it but older players will also have a really good time with this yeah yeah this was the most pulling kiryu i think out of like you know the characters that he sees in every other game yeah. and really puts him in like a different place so yeah, yeah I, I i i do think this is a pretty accessible one and i think if you liked what you were seeing for Infinite Wealth and you really want to do that and you just want to get up to speed, I think you could start here because Infinite Wealth is coming out in two months and yeah, two weeks. It's very, Math is hard. Very soon. Yeah. Very soon. So oh. we won't have to wait too long. I could literally talk Same. all day with you about this. Is there anything else you're playing or you're about to play? 
Uh, I'm about to play Alan Wake 2, finally. Same. Same. Yeah, I had a bunch of travel coming up, so I really was... I mean, I, I previewed it um, a while ago, and I got to get, like, four hours of hands-on with absolutely loved it. So blown away by what Remedy has done. Uh, but I haven't actually been able to sit down and play it from start mm -hmm. to finish yet. So that's my next big game. You're a big horror fan, right? Oh, yeah. I feel like I learned a lot about the Resident Evil series from you. Um, RE4 Remake was one of my favorite Gosh. games so far this yes. year. I thought they just killed it. Yeah. So I'm, this Alan Wake shift into true survival horror, uh, I will say I'm sweating it a little bit. Oh, me too. I've, I've been talking with, you know, Danny Pena from uh, Gamer Tech yeah, Radio. Yeah. Man, he said he he's like the remedy expert, right? Yeah. He's like, even this game made him jump and made him scared. Because it's that remedy horror, right? Yeah. It's that, I'm getting comfortable again. Okay, it's like that remedy <laughs> horror. off the cheese couch. No, it's uh, fine. Uh, it's it's called the cheese couch. It already smells bad probably, right? <laughs> Um, but it's that psychedelic slash survival horror slash creepy jump scare slash what are they going to... You never know what Remedy's going to come up with. It's so unpredictable. And that's why I'm really excited to actually like milk this and get in with it. Oh, Very good. I love people's excitement around Alan Wake. It's so palpable. And all the different just like horror spooky games. People who love that genre lean all the way in. Oh, yeah. All the way in. It's been so long since the first one, too. And I just played the first one the first time um, maybe like six months ago. Oh, really? Did you play the remaster yeah, or the original? Yeah, I played the remastered. Yeah. And that game still holds up. I know you're not a horror fan, really. You even said that. But um, still super fun. Yeah. That narrative. It's less of a traditional horror yeah. game. Yeah. But it is definitely pretty spooky. I played yeah. the original. Actually, through backward compatibility. So I had somehow bought Alan Wake back in like 2014. Really? And just sort of like never got around to it. And during the pandemic, when you were, mm -hmm. in, you know, learning uh, Yakuza, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to pop this in and try it. And I just became hooked. Yeah. And so, and then of course they announced the remaster like the day after I beat it. Of course. Yeah. Of course. They really could. You got that thread. Me. You're you? like, I'm they an actually, OG player. They were watching your socials. Actually. Yeah, they were like, okay, they this is time. It's, it's time. time now. It's time. Oh. All right. So, is that what it is? You need to play games and then people watch your socials and then they remaster games. I would like to think I that the world revolves around I have a list of games I would like me. you to play. Yeah, yes, same, yes, actually. It's, a, yeah, it's right? a whole Truman Show thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? it's, well, anyway, uh, all right. So a lot of amazing stuff that we're playing and that is coming out yes. soon. Mm -hmm. uh, and so much to, to be excited about here. Um, there's something really cool that I'm excited about, Jen, that you're working on Indeed. with the Special Olympics. Can you, yes. can you tell us about this? You've got quite a, a history, really, with the Special Olympics. We do, actually. Uh, yes. So for this weekend, actually on the 11th, we have the, goodness, I think it's the third Gaming for Inclusion tournament. Uh, Xbox has been partnering with the Special Olympics since 2018. Um, back in 2018, the USA Games were just across the lake at University of Washington. And, you know, usually it takes like six months to do an esports tournament. Like, hey, you have three months. Can you make something happen? And I was like, yes. Did I know that? No idea. <laughs> but we did it. You know, when you have enough people who are motivated and passionate about this stuff and wanting to come together and support, you know, people from um, the community that have intellectual disabilities, it's just amazing to see what people can do when they want to come together and support Special Olympics. So um, we really started our partnership in 2018. And then we've just kind of kept it going really every year. And so on the 11th at 10 a.m., you can tune in to the Gaming for Inclusion tournament. We are playing Rocket League. Ooh. Yes. And it is uh, Unified Partners. And so Unified Partners are somebody with an intellectual disability and someone without. Okay. And so you all come together for teamwork. And then it's really um, one of the most exciting things we did this year. I was recently in New York. And we had three Special Olympics athletes who came out. And they got a two-day workshop on shoutcasting. 
Oh. It turns out it's really hard. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, as a oh, person yeah. who can be social, I'm like, oh, it's easy. No. No, no my friends, it is really not. That's um, awesome. It How was cool. It was so awesome. Uh, the first day they got, uh, we brought in some industry talent um, to, you know, the pros. We want them yeah. to learn from the pros. So we brought them in. At the end of the first day, we had, there's an IMAX theater at the, the Microsoft Experience Center. And so we just played a bunch of Rocket League Twitch streams up there and they were practicing shoutcasting and it was incredible. And then the next day um, they had another day of training. And then at the end of that day, we brought in some folks from the Battle of the Burroughs teams that were the whole Minecraft education event that they did in New York. We brought in some of their folks and they had a live practice session. And it was like, we have a bunch of video from that. I'm so excited to share it. But these individuals who were learning how to shoutcast will be shoutcasting and interviewing in the tournament. Very that cool. That is so cool. It's so exciting. <sighs> so I, I know this is something that Xbox and uh -huh. Microsoft in general, and, and you specifically, Jen, have been very closely involved with. But something that a lot of people come together, like NFL people, WWE superstars. Yeah. So what, what, what's going to be happening here coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks? I don't want to spoil it too much. All right, but well, so on cagey. the 11th, that is the prelims. So tune in for those. And then on the 18th, it's going to be the celebrity showcase. And that is where the WWE superstars and talent that I am not going to tell you about oh. uh, show up. And they all play together. And it's going to be amazing. Where can you watch? You can watch it on Twitch. Okay. Xbox Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Twitch.tv slash Xbox. Very good. That's the one I know. Yep. All right. <laughs> Crushed it. All right. Thanks. So let's let's talk about some other stuff that's coming up. Uh, this coming week, mm -hmm. we have a few games. Stop me if there's anything that you've played before or you want to talk about. So Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, we talked about the campaign last week. Uh, tomorrow, I want to say multiplayer is when the servers spin up and everyone gets to play mm -hmm. all of that. I got to jump in a little bit in the campaign, played some of the open combat missions. I think it's the only time I ever get to use a kill streak is <laughs> in these <laughs> modes. Uh, I'm usually the person who, who, who dies so that other people can get kill streaks. So that's me that's too, me. Jeff. That's yep. me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I was like, oh, this is what here. it's like to have a cruise missile. <laughs> It was a good time. Uh, the Invincible, which oh. seems like a, a pretty interesting game uh, where you and your crew end up on an unexplored planet. Jen, this might be something that I would you might do be this. into. I would the scientific this. journey quickly turns into a search mission for lost croolmates. Follow its trail, but be fully aware every decision you make can bring you closer to danger. I'm going to play danger. that. That's actually based off of a book, right? From, I think, the 1960s or so. I was looking into this earlier. Interesting. And from what I understand, there's no combat. So okay. I know the walking sim genre is one that's kind of tossed around a lot, but it sounds like it can be a very kind of fun therapeutic experience. Maybe a little stressful, but if you're into space sci-fi, sounds like it might be. I can that. do that. Yeah, there you go. I'll play that. Very mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. uh, for all you football fans, uh, Football Manager 2024, uh, that's going to be out uh, on Game Pass day one, both on console and on PC. Uh, when we say football, we mean soccer. <laughs> in just just in case we're just so we're all on the same page <laughs> here. here. We're all clear here. Uh, and then another game coming to Game Pass: uh, Dungeons Four. Yeah. Okay, so this is where you build a cozy and comfortable dungeon, uh, and then you have creatures that you then send out. And uh, they do, they spread evil like they do. I'm so. really excited. I'm really excited for this. Yeah. So I started to play Dungeons 3 back in the day. I think the last one came out in 2017 or something. I feel like it was. And what was cool about it is it supported 
online co-op. Mm. So you can play these games with people. And I feel like, friends, it's not very often that you get a strategy sim game with this interesting premise of you build a dungeon and then you send your minions out into the world to mm. destroy and wreak havoc and you can play it with a friend. I think that sounds really cool. I was watching some previews and actually it looks very, very fun. Oh, I'm playing that. I Absolutely. Know, right? That sounds so good. Right? Again, so day one Game Pass game, so you can try it. And if you like it, uh, you can just keep playing. Keep playing. There yeah. you go. Couple of major updates. Yeah. Uh, this one may catch your eye, Jen. Uh, so Microsoft Flight Simulator, over time, uh, the team has been just like continually like going back and like really you know, fine-tuning different regions of the world. Mm -hmm. This time, uh, World Update 15 adds new content to Northern Europe and Greenland, <gasps> free for all players. So you you were you got to go to Greenland for work. I did. Tell us about that. I did. So um, for those of you who don't know, Xbox partners with the USO. They are an organization that focused on supporting active duty and their families, uh, active duty mil military. And we have been partnering with them to really figure out how to solve their difficult problems. And last year it was places that are really kind of in the non-aligned regions and Thule Greenland, now Bitavik Space Base uh, was one of them. So we went up there because we wanted to you know, provide consoles because when you're up there, literally, I'm not joking, like if you face away from the base, there's nothing. Yeah. It's ice and snow wow. and muskox. And so what we do or what we did is we brought consoles up, Game Pass. And so now they have the USO Center to go to to go play games. And when I was talking to the colonel of the base, he was like, you know, I, I play Minecraft with my children to stay in contact with them. And wow. so for us, when we think about our partnership with USO, it's really how can we leverage gaming to keep people in contact? Mm -hmm. And so even I was at Fort Myer a couple weeks ago, they have consoles and PC and they're all playing games together and staying connected with people they've either been deployed with or their families. So it's a lot of goodness, but Thule Greenland will always have a very special place in my heart. It wow. was wild. I feel like if you're playing a game there, you need something like a Far Cry where you're in this tropical jungle. <laughs> you know, give you a change of scenery or something. Exactly, like wow. something green that's not just ice. Yeah. yeah. Like the ocean was all frozen. Whoa. It was Amazing. That is really cool. I've seen cool. the pictures. You'll have to show Britt later. Yeah. yeah. It looked uh, otherworldly, I guess is the only thing mm -hmm. that I could say. They don't have uh, raccoons that eat their trash. They have Arctic foxes. Much so cuter. Cute. Much yeah. cuter. So cute. Rabbits the size of corgis. Oh my gosh. It is. Well, those polar bears got to eat something. That's I know, true. right? I know, right? Yeah, it was Circle of magic. Life. So now I am going to go play Microsoft Flight Simulator and go fly over. Yeah, I've seen wow. that snow. Yeah, I wonder if it's there. Uh, you'd be surprised, like 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 yeah. how accurate it is. And I've found like the apartment building my cousin lives in in Philly, and that's, that's like the first place I went. So it was really fun. I love that. Well, I'll yeah. report back. Please do. <laughs> yeah, not as many Arctic foxes in Philly, by the way. More of a trash panda uh, situation. So anyway, you mentioned. I still love them. But, you know, I had a bad experience oh, with no. a raccoon as a child. Okay, well, how much time do we have? I feel like yeah, this is a good We're story. Right. Let's come so I, okay. I'm, a, I'm a city kid. I've always been a city kid. I okay. grew up in, in Philly. Like squirrels was about, squirrels and like large dogs, like German okay. Shepherd. Wow. Like, that, that, that's, that's the wildlife you would see in Philly. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was enrolled as a Cub Scout. Oh, okay. Um, this may have been into Weeblo territory, Weeblo, whatever. Like as somewhere in between Cub Scout and Boy Scouts, the awkward age ah, in, yeah, okay. in a boy's life where he's a Weeblo. So, uh, so uh, they, they did a camping thing where you went out into uh, wherever the mountains are, west of Philly or north of Philly, not in the city. And um, the kid, so we shared a tent. And the kid next to me was like, he reminded me of Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. Like he was blonde, spiky hair, and bad. And he was like, 
And he was like, I brought so much junk food. And I was like, yes, awesome. Oh, no, they can smell Doritos, it. Doritos, whatever. Well, yeah. look, again, I don't, I've never been out in the woods before. This is the first night I've ever spent like with not a roof over my head. Yeah. And, um, and so in the middle of the night, uh, so we're on like these cots in, in this wooden platform. And I feel like scratching like underneath. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And, and then I go and like I open the tent flap. And I like shine my flashlight and I see just all these eyes looking back at me because their eyes are reflective and I scream. <laughs> I just absolutely like freaked out. And it turns out, yep, they came in because they smelled the they yep. smelled the candy and, and the, the junk. And uh I mean to say somebody had a real bad asthma attack the next day and oh, had to go back to the city man. because I was not having it. Like I just like that is, was not the introduction to the great outdoors for me. Is this why you hate possums too? No, that's a whole other story okay. that I don't know if I we can tell We don't have to go into show, it, it's fine. But I'll tell you afterwards. I would yeah. love to hear. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that, that's a story for another time. But okay. let's just, um, well, just say the, similar experience. If you ever want to, you know, desensitize yourself, you come to my house. We live in 22 acres of forest. There you mm. go. So it's safe. There's a building. Yeah. There will be. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's too say, late for me. Well, you're in the Pacific Northwest now. Are mm -hmm. you more acclimated to our... Yeah, yeah. No? Absolutely not. No? Okay. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like I'll look outside any given day and there's like two coyotes in my backyard. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I, 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 I live in a place where it's like, you know, coffee shops Got and um, bars. That, that's that's my great outdoors. Like, I consider that a hike. I take urban hikes. <laughs> urban hikes to get coffee. Oh. Yes. Yeah, uh, I support that. Thank you. I absolutely support that. I look, I, I love the wilderness. I like donate to the Nature Conservatory. Save it for somebody who will appreciate it. Because it ain't me. But it could be my kid <laughs> You see eventually. one squirrel and you're like, that's enough wildlife for oh, the day. <laughs> you would not believe what squirrels can do to you if they're significantly agitated. Oh, so, I'm, yeah. I've hand-fed squirrels my whole life. Have you really? Yeah, I used with to, peanuts. Okay. Yeah. I used to do wildlife rehab. Mm -hmm. hey. Yeah. Or look at this sweet summer child. I, no, no. This is, I'm indoors. I, I open the window. I'm like, it's a beautiful day. I'll play games with the window open. I consider that. With a screen. Fresh with a screen. With, uh, yeah, with a you, screen. We can't have bugs flying in. in. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got squirrel stink bugs up here now. Or the errant like squirrel that runs in and is just like, Could. you know, I want to be player two. Yeah. Yes, or exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> some time ago, you mentioned, uh, you know, the troops playing Minecraft and actually, um, Great way to play with your kids. The first game I played with Mike. Has, has your uh, son uh, old enough to be playing He's games two yet? and a half. So he Not has been yet. trying to play Super Mario Wonder. Yeah. He tried to play Minecraft um, Legends. And, uh, you know, he just likes to walk around mm -hmm. and bump into things. And that's about as far as it goes. Still fun. There will come a time. Anyway, you might be wondering, like, you know, what are some of the safe servers that we could be playing on? Mm -hmm. So, fortunately, the, there is now an official Minecraft server list. Mojang and GamerSafer teamed up to uh, create the official Minecraft server list, which that's will awesome. give players and parents a way to discover servers that align with how they and their family members want to play. Excellent. I love that because that when we think about gaming for everyone, it's not about making every game for everyone. Yep. Like, right, how could you make Yakuza for everyone, right? Uh, I mean, some of us hey, disagree. Hey. It's, it's, That's true. Some, some of us disagree. Yeah. But yeah. it's about, you know, yeah. like with your play styles, like right. how can we right. get people to, if you think about like a movie theater, like you go and you want to go see these couple of movies and you, you know, that's, that's what you want to do and that's what you enjoy. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. All right. Real quickly. I actually wanted to say that. That's good. No, I appreciate <laughs> it. Let's, we'll be talking a little bit more about that in just a sec. I just mm -hmm. wanted to point out a few games that are going to be coming out next week. We're kind of coming 
into the final stretch, I would say, mm -hmm. of what, uh, just a ridiculous summer season that yeah. has been going on for, 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 or holiday season, which is going on for months. Yeah. It, like, it's, I think it was two months ago today that Starfield came out. And yeah, really? so there's been wow. so wow. many huge <laughs> games that have come out since then. And anyway, uh, if you find the time, you're amazing. So uh, a couple of things coming out. Persona 5 Tactica. You're a Persona fan too? Oh, yeah. Me and you are just like oh, locked in today. <laughs> uh, very excited for this one. We'll be talking about it next week for sure. It is the tactics, as you would assume, uh, spinoff of the Persona 5 world. We have a great post on Xbox Wire about where exactly in the story uh, this fits. Um, it's a bit of a interesting thing. It doesn't. It's not a sequel or something that tacks onto the end, but something that sort of slides somewhere within the story. So anyway, ah. news.xbox.com. We have got more on that. Uh, Bluey. That might be making more of a, where your kids at. Bluey's got a game. Bluey the video game is coming out on uh, November seventeenth. Awesome. What a time to be alive, man! Yes. I love that. Um, and we also will have uh, a couple big updates for Liza P and Forza Motorsport. We'll be talking about those next week. We have a special guest here to talk to us about Forza Motorsport. So uh, a lot going on. So can we can we pause for a second? Because there's there's something I've been dying to ask you. It's just it, I have to go on. I have to. Yeah. So your sweatshirt matches my nails, which love, yeah. great taste, good work. But I see a Halo Three logo. I see Mountain Dew. Like, tell me, tell me about oh, this. Oh, this whole thing. That old thing. <laughs> it's like this little thing that I've been trying to show off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was asking for you to notice me the entire time, and you finally did. Forty-five minutes into the show. Sorry. Right. So this is part of the limited edition capsule collection, and this is a Halo Three Mountain Dew limited edition. Uh, wow. a, a sort of hoodie, and uh, I'll turn around. And Do a little, little squat. Am I in the shot? Yeah. Up a little bit uh, more. Okay. Up, there we go. Yep. Oh, there we go. There we go. Got to bring it around. So um, <laughs> this is available now. There's actually some really cool stuff going on with it. Let me just really quickly bring it up. So Mountain Dew Game Fuel is mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. This reminds me of the days when I could drink caffeine right before I went to bed and just like hit the pillow and go right to sleep. Oh yeah, you can't do that anymore. No, no, that happens. Uh, <laughs> but beginning November 6th, which we've already passed, Mountain Dew fans can celebrate the return of the iconic Mountain Dew Game Fuel Citrus Cherry, which was one of the good flavors with Halo Infinite and another incredible flavor, Mountain Dew Game Fuel Mystic Punch, which oh. is affiliated with Diablo 4. Um, That's a very Diablo Four was this year. Can you believe that? Like, with this, what a year this is. Diablo been? Four got me through being sick. Like, I was very sick this summer, <sighs> and oh, I literally, I was just on the couch. I would, I was a necromancer, mm. so because you know, I, I like to make my own friends. <laughs> um, and you take the vessels of other people and turn them into your friends. Exactly, yeah, they're yeah. my friends, and yeah. so I would like play Diablo Four until I fell asleep, woke up, rinse, repeat a week later. Yeah. It, was, it was great. It was Absolutely. Good to go. So, so wait, good. Mystic Punch is the Diablo flavor? Yes. I feel I like, like it, it needs to be like Death Punch, Blood Pus. Yeah, I feel like there should be blood in This <laughs> <laughs> blood pus tastes amazing. I feel like everything Diablo, what's that new expansion, Vessel of Hell or Hatred or something? Yes. Vessel of Hatred. Vessel of Hatred. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's very like soft for I, Diablo. I do think they could have done blood, because you know they're doing a blood drive right now as oh, well. Mm. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, they're doing a blood drive as well. It was well. good to see Rod up on um, uh, BlizzCon this past weekend, and Phil was there too, which was also really yeah, cool. Yeah. Had a couple of friends there, I really wanted to see the Seraphim, but I did play the mode uh, in Overwatch and got the skin for Kiriko, so a lot going on there. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, real quickly about this, so if you do get this Mountain Dew game fuel, uh, there is rewards for both Halo Infinite, 
Um, and then also for Diablo 4, like cosmetic items. Um, yeah, it's mostly charms and items and mm -hmm. emblems and things like that for, for those two games. So if you do drink it, you not only get the flavor, the caffeine, the throwback to 2007, but you also get tangible rewards uh, in your games. And again, this is the throwback capsule collection, gear.xbox.com. Look for the Halo Gear Shop. This stuff is, I'm told, moving very quickly. So if you want to... Um, be as warm it. It's actually super comfortable. This is like it's really nice my looking. That's a really nice fit. Uh, it looks, yeah, looks it's covering it's inside. covering up a lot of dad bod here. So, <laughs> uh, uh, but there uh, one last thing. There, Halo and Dew are also featuring a limited time playlist of maps within Halo Infinite, including one called Critical Dew Point, along with seven <laughs> maps inspired by Halo Three classics, remade nice. and reimagined for Halo Infinite. Uh, the Pit is one of them. I know that's one that uh, oh, nice. people are big fans of. Cliffside, Banished. Uh, narrow. So a lot going on in the game, in your supermarket, in your wardrobe, in your closet, in your wardrobe. Hey, Very good. I Look love that. that. Amazing stuff. Okay, I'm going to interrupt you at least one more time doing this because I heard you have a very special guest, my former boss boss's boss coming in. Oh, that it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Doing the, doing the, the org chart here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. So we're bringing in uh, Dave McCarthy, the chief operations officer. This week, uh, we released the third transparency report, which talks all about uh, the efforts that we're doing and how we're doing uh, in terms of creating a safer environment for players all across Xbox. So why don't we go to him? But since he's going to be here, we haven't recorded the interview yet. We'll snap our fingers and then he'll, you'll disappear. I'll become he'll him. Appear and you'll become, okay. Britt is going to turn to Dave McCarthy like in three. You ready for some magic? Two. All right, Britt and Jen, they're, they're in the mind place now. Don't be alarmed. They are safe and they will be back here in a few minutes. Uh, but we're glad to have you, Dave McCarthy. Thank Thanks you. for joining us here on the show. How are you doing? I'm great. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, happy to have you here. Now, you uh, recently became the Chief Operations Officer of Xbox, the COO, as they call it. What, what does that mean? What, what are you doing now? I'm still figuring that out myself, but uh, I'm starting to piece it together. Um, you know, at a really high level, I look across the gaming division, inclusive of uh, our, new, uh, our new family members in Activision Blizzard King, um, and really work on sort of all our foundational services that gaming runs on, um, all of the player-facing services that people see. One of those happens to be safety. Uh, and I've spent a lot of time in this space with the team. It's something I care about deeply. And my role is to oversee that area and a number of others to make sure that our players are safe, included and welcome wherever they might be in our uh, gaming ecosystem. Important work. I know we've, we, a lot of times there's like such a focus on what the game is and yeah. what you're playing or even, you know, this accessory, this controller, whatever it might be. But the thing that, you know, when it's done well, blends into the background, I think is it probably takes a lot of work. That's a great point. That. Yeah. Like you, you don't want these things to become too much a part of the player experience. But when they're broken, when support doesn't work the way you want to, when you can't sign into a service, um, when you don't feel uh, like you're safe and included in spaces, those things actually really can impact your experience. And so the job of myself and our teams is to make sure that that's not an issue for you and we don't get in the way of your joy of gaming. Very cool. Let's, let's talk about the Xbox Transparency Report. The mm -hmm. third one was just released this week. And the question that I have is, um, why do we release mm. this this document and keep releasing it now? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting to actually go back in the history a bit. I'm not sure the team was in, 
entirely comfortable with the idea at the start, yeah. right? Because it, in some ways, it's it's airing everything that's going on, right? We show um, the volumes of activity on our service, how much people report, how much we enforce on things, and um, that takes a sort of uh, cultural leap to be able to be comfortable with that information being out there. But the reason that it comes out on a regular basis is because I want us to be able to be held accountable mm. for the way we sort of run the community, the services we offer, our constant improvement. And I feel if you don't make those things public and you don't measure them, you might not improve them. Uh, and it has. It's really helped the team. Um, we've all been a little uh, uncomfortable with it along the journey, yeah. but it's a, it's a good spot to be. I'm happy. I'm really proud. We're already at the third one. I'm hoping it actually is an example for the industry to follow a little more. We'll see more and more of them. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of see where it goes over time. All right. So it's been coming every six months. We're here a year, give or take, since the, the right. initial one was released. Yep. What, are the, what are the key takeaways here from this third transparency report? Yeah, this one, I think, is the first one where you start to see AI show up a little more. And um, AI capabilities are starting to have more and more of an impact in the safety moderation space. Um, you'll see things in there like filtering out of context um, before it actually hits our players. Mm -hmm. So we do that a lot in the tech space. Um, we have a tool uh, actually through an acquisition we did called Community Sift, um, a great team uh, that works in that space that uses AI capabilities to filter uh, out text across about 22 languages. I think they do it across now. Um, and then we're doing it in the image detection space as well. User-generated content is a great thing until it's not a great thing in terms of not making uh, people feel uh, welcome. And so we use AI capabilities there. And that shows up more and more in the report now than it did in the past, because capabilities in that space are really accelerating. Uh, I'm, I know that's a, a continually evolving area, AI, but like gamers speak. And uh, there's so much nuance, I guess, in the way gamers talk to each other, which maybe out of context might not be considered, you know, great, but in context is like, no, that's a compliment. So I'm just, like, yeah. where, where's the human element here and, and how do those, you know, play together? Yeah, it's a great point to bring up. We will always have humans as part of our moderation experience. I just, I don't think you can take that entirely out of the nuance of mm -hmm. the communi community, as you mentioned. Um, but I will say at the same time, the capabilities of these learning models to understand nuance is taking off. And mm -hmm. so we can give our models something like the um, Xbox community standards, which I think have been a really helpful tool for our players to get a better and better idea of what's cool and what's not cool um, when they're playing games with others on our, our service. Um, but we can actually feed that information into our AI systems and have those AI systems also try and consider that nuance mm -hmm. in what's cool and not cool. And it's, you know, it's something you experiment and learn your way into, but it's why we need humans as part of the flow always. There will always be humans checking reports and other things that people make uh, on our services. But this, in some ways, makes their job a little more efficient, a little mm -hmm. easier to execute, because it weeds out some of the stuff before it even hits players in the first place. 
So the, uh, a couple of different points to, to yeah. take here. So the those community standards, they're, they're written like in a very human way. It's not yeah. like the terms of service that you get when you, <laughs> when you, you, you know, join a, a I don't know. The, the you, stuff you, you just see and you go line, like, boom, even, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just check and you scan. I'm not going to be doing any of that. It's really like human language. It and, is. And so I do recommend, you know, as gamers, you take a look at that. Totally. And make sure like, hey, you know, these are the types of messages I might send to people I'm in a lobby with. And is this cool or is it not? And and I think it's really written from that perspective. It is. And it's actually shaped by the community. So mm -hmm. those go through regular iterations and updates um, based on feedback from our player base on what they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And um, we even have like an appeals process where we learn how players are interpreting that stuff and that can actually help influence those standards as well. So for sure, try and check it out on a regular basis. I think people find it helpful. And when we do have to issue enforcements, we actually point people back to that so they can understand why we're acting the way we're acting with something. Yeah, the goal is improvement of behavior, not punishment. I right? mean, the vast majority, and I, I really mean it, the vast majority of players that come into our games and services are there for all the right reasons. Yep. They're there to have a good time, to be competitive in some situations, com cooperative in others, to meet new people, make new friends. Um, and, you know, the, the actions we try and take is, is just when we stray a little outside of those boundaries mm -hmm. and I think being able to shape a community where we all feel welcome, truly welcome, um, we all want to walk into a place where we feel like people want us to be there, yeah. right? And and that's why gaming so awesome. And and we see this as an enabler to just lead to better and better gaming with more and more players. So if you want to take a look at, at both this uh, Xbox transparency report and also links to uh, those player standards. They're over on news.xbox.com. Awesome. You can take a look at it. I was yeah. reading the post, which summarizes, it links to the full transparency report, it but it also summarizes quite a bit of it. And and so I'm just curious, like for people looking at this report and wondering like what it means, I know in, in some cases like numbers have gone up, you know, 87%. Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean behavior has changed or is it is this a, a reflection of like the tools getting better at finding these things ahead of time the, the answer is yes um <laughs> and that there's you know there's there's multiple things going on at any one time i will say it is true that we are getting hit by a higher volume of kind of inauthentic accounts mm. and spamming good news is the vast majority of those our tools are taking them out of the system and they're not hitting people in the first place so that's a win but that volume's going up it's probably reflective of the world we live in um, harassment reports and actions were going up as well. Does it mean that more people are harassing? Like sometimes that's the case. There's always a story behind these statistics, which is actually why we put the report out all the time is to learn more about what's actually going on. In that particular example, we've actually got better at some of our detection techniques and tools to be able to identify stuff that quite frankly was probably going on all the time, mm -hmm. and now we're getting better at finding it, and people are reporting it. Reporting's down volume-wise, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And I always sort of have the dialogue with the team when that happens to go, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Right. As long as we have reporting capabilities everywhere that players play, and it's easy to use, and it's efficient, and we're very responsive to it, I'm good. If the reason ever is that people can't find those things and things are down because of, you know, we're not doing our job in making mm -hmm. that accessible, that's, a, that's not a great thing, right? right? That's not the case right now. Things are down because I think the reporting capabilities are there, but some of the content is getting filtered 
out and right. not hitting them they never in the first see place. it in the first place never see it in the first place and that's just that's kind of the balance we 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 strike and um you know these these numbers sort of tell a deeper story and lead us to deeper conversations with the team to make the player experience better and better so uh, we've got all of those types of things, and, and, and so you end up thinking about a lot of things. And, and if you're watching this, this podcast and you've gotten this far into the podcast, <laughs> chances are you're that person in the family that uh, when someone wants to get into gaming, they ask you. Yeah. And I know I'm very much that person, and I have a young niece, and we're coming up, I'm sure, in the next, you know, we're coming up to the holidays, and I'm sure maybe not this year, but maybe the year after, it'll be like, okay, uh, I think it's ready. Like, wh what gaming system should we get? Guess what I'm going to say. But there'll be a lot of questions on like, okay, is it safe online? And what do we need to do? And Xbox provides a significant amount of tools to enable parents to really allow their children to have the gaming experience they want them to have. Can you talk about some of the things that your team has built and that are constantly maintained and updated? Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Them? I mean, um, you know, User choice, I think whatever your situation is, whether you're a, you're a family or you're just gaming with friends or whatever, you know, our mantra is to be able to provide you as much choice as possible to customize your experience. So there are a bunch of safety settings available to everyone. Um, uh, I talked about Community Sift earlier on the text chat side. You can kind of decide, how spicy do I want my chat to be, yeah. right? Um, and we can filter stuff out automatically based on levels you choose. Um, settings go even further for families. You mentioned uh, you mentioned the fact that you know younger gamers can benefit from some extra protections we put in place. There's things like screen time limits, yep. communication limits, purchase notifications. As a father of two children that are well, now they're in college, but you know grew up for years around games because I've been doing this uh, doing this for a while now. I would leverage those at different points in our life, and even for each of my kids, I would do it differently. Mm -hmm. I had one kid, I'm not going to name which one, <laughs> that maybe was a little loosey-goosey with the purchases. Purchase notifications were the right uh, thing for that child. Again, I'm not calling them out. The other one might have been a little loosey-goosey on the time spent gaming versus doing homework. Screen time limits and notifications of activity uh, mm -hmm. levels were more important uh, for that particular kid. Um, so really choosing the stuff that's right for your situation, mm -hmm. I think, is is really, really important and something I encourage uh, all parents and caregivers to do. The other thing is, like, just have conversations around it, right? I think if you didn't grow up with gaming, it might not feel natural. It might even feel uncomfortable sometimes to talk about this stuff. The worst thing you can do is just ignore it entirely. Mm -hmm. I think if you show an interest in what your kids are doing and kind of get involved in that, you'll be surprised the dialogue that kind of unfurls on the experience they're having, the tools that they can leverage from us to actually improve that experience. And honestly, like I hear lots of stories of parents just getting more involved in the fun of gaming in a really cooperative way with their kids when they lean in and show an interest in it, which I think is super cool. Yeah, I I think as a parent of a of a teen, uh, I'm happy when she still asks me to play along with her. Totally, I'm sure those days do go away over time. They, so. they change, they yeah. change, yeah. right? So it's funny. My my son's off uh, um, at university up in Canada, and um, we still like he grew up around. I was at EA Sports before mm -hmm. I came to Xbox, right? And we grew up around uh, around product releases. There, I was an executive producer, for example, on NHL hockey. Huh. 
well, when, when Chelly, as the kids call it now, comes out every year, that's our way of keeping in touch is doing a little uh, time over Xbox Live and, and playing over games. I have a nephew uh, in the UK who is way too good at FIFA now um, and just uh, uh, just uh, embarrasses me on the pitch. But you, I still find ways to do that and different ways to play with it. It does evolve yeah. over time, but that's like that's the awesome thing about gaming is yeah. it does allow us those connections. I have a brother like that up in Canada who um, embarrasses me at FIFA and one day. It one hurts, day. right? Yeah. Like yeah. it really... You know, like thirteen nil is excessive. That's that's when I get disconnected. Yeah, and yeah. like I can hear his little giggles on the other end of the line, and I'm like, man, that's not that's not cool. I bought you this game. It, yeah. I gifted you this game, and I can take it away. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, one, one thing that I think is just really important to call out is these tools only work if you use them. And when you yeah. get an, if you're gonna have it putting putting a a system under the tree, or you've got a relative or a friend who's doing it, it actually asks, is a child going to be using this console when That's you right. go through what we call the out-of-box experience. And the, I, I know it can be very tempting to just like jam through and how do I get to the games as quickly as possible? But it's such an important point to go yes and to take those extra steps. There's even some like macros, like how old's the kid? And it'll, it'll, it'll put some like, you know, baseline settings, which you can then go through and you can tweak. But yep. I, the tools only work if you use them. I highly encourage you to use them. I personally have, it was great. It led to having those conversations. Like, totally. hey, can I can I play an extra hour? I don't have school tomorrow. Yep. Once the dishwasher's empty, yes, you can. Yeah, totally. and, 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 you know what? Let me tell you, that dishwasher got emptied very quickly. It's amazing the motivations that happen. Yes. We, we complement that experience with a mobile app, by the way. Yes, The Xbox 100%. Family Settings app, yep. um, iOS and Android. And I get a lot of feedback on, hey, that's a really practical tool to mm -hmm. do things because we're not in front of the TV a lot. And we can get these instant notifications and we can approve a purchase or yep. extend screen time is still a, a request I'll, I'll get yep. um, uh, now and again. But I find the mobile app is actually really convenient for people as well. Exactly. All right. Yep. So for people who want to, you know, learn more about player safety, yep. about these tools, where do you send them? So read the transparency report if you can. Like I, I do think it's really worthwhile to see it, you know, hold us accountable to that data. Um, keep giving us feedback on it. I do think the community standards are really useful for people to check out if they haven't seen them yet. I will say, you know, other things that players can really help us with is our reporting tools. And it doesn't necessarily just have to be stuff that's directed against you as a player. You can also report on observing behavior against another player, mm -hmm. even if they're, you know, a stranger to you sort of thing. Like, you know, if you see something, like say something to us, that stuff really helps. It helps get our systems better. It helps us be more responsive on things. And we really take notice of that. We also have um, support tools in place like our crisis hotline. Really important if you notice somebody that maybe um, you know needs a little help, you're a little worried about them, that's a 24-7 service we offer as well that I really encourage mm -hmm. people to use. So use the stuff that's there. If there's stuff not there that you expect to be part of your gaming experience, let us know, because odds are we're either working on it or we're going to work on it based on your feedback. Dave McCarthy, thanks so much for joining us, for you and your team uh, doing everything you can in like the very evolving world of player safety and helping people have the experiences that, that they want to have when they're, when they're playing Xbox. So thank you. Now, I need you to hold still because okay. what we're going to do okay. is I've, I've got to bring back, you know, Brit and Jen have been chilling in the mind okay. place oh, for yeah. 20 minutes okay. and yeah. you've got to go on. So yeah, yeah. we're just going to snap one, yeah. two, three, and we're back. Hey, look hey, who's back. Brit, Jen. 
What's going on? So funny story about Dave. So first off, Dave is actually the leader who um, let me create the social impact team, Oh, actually. Nice. Um, I started my career at Xbox on the policy and enforcement team, now the safety team. And um, I mean, good on him. I went back and looked at my pitch deck recently and I'm like, I don't know why he did this. <laughs> But he he's awesome. And then I got to work under Katie Joe, who does gaming for everyone. So I'm really thankful for all that. But fun story about Dave. So as you probably noticed, my color palette's like black and gray. And that's it. Because I suck at eating. Like, I'm terrible at it. My interview at Microsoft spilled food all over an interview oh, store. See, I, I didn't gonna, see where you were going with I that. I thought you were going to say it's because, you know, you're from Washington or whatever. And, like, listen, everyone in Washington, like, look at my jeans, look at my boots. Like, it's no, all... Like I, Physically, I'm terrible. But no, I, I never wore white. That's why it's very impressive. You can't see it's off camera. I wore a white sweatshirt. I'm the same way. <laughs> Food everywhere. Yeah. Like, I'm just, it. I'm not good at it. Anyway. And so there was this one time in the, the Xbox buildings, there's these big atriums. And I was having lunch with a friend and I wore like a baby pink sweater. Like, again, very, very like out of my realm of like comfort. Can't even imagine it. No. no. And so I was eating um, Indian food. And so there's rice and butter chicken and oh, so delicious. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yep. Dave like walks by and he's in the middle of the meeting and he just stops. And he looks at me and he just goes, bold move, Panatoni. And then just walks away and I'm like, what? And he was right. It did end up on my shirt. <laughs> I always think of that like bold move, Panatoni. That's good. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. that shirt, but you the story lasts forever. Yeah, R.I.P. that shirt. It's gone. It did not make it uh, past that day. Nope. nope. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> we're actually coming to the end of our time here. What? Um, I know it blew. It blew right by. Britt, I want to thank you so much for coming up here yes. and and joining us. I would love to have you back when. Uh, like a Dragon, uh, Infinite Wealth comes oh out, my God. maybe? I will be knocking on the studio door. Okay. Let me in. She right. knows where to go now. I do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, made a mistake. Where can we find you? Where can people follow you? Yeah. So if you want to get caught up with the What's Good Games podcast archive, we have 350 episodes out. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, if you want to watch something on the video podcast front. Uh, What's Good Games? You can find us anywhere there. You can find me on Twitter, at Blonde Nerd. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I just post up anywhere that's Blonder. That's my handle everywhere. Uh, Jen, how can we support you? Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram, just at Jen Panettone. Um, There's not many Panettones. Um, my that's Instagram awesome is name. mostly my dogs, though, and my cats. I don't think that's going to dissuade anybody. No, no. Uh, a lot of folks have asked us to bring back Free Code Friday, this is something that Major Nelson had uh, debuted and had been running for a, a few years. And so we've been looking into how do we bring this back? And I'm very pleased to announce that starting this Friday, Woo! Free Woo! Code Friday is back. And we are back with a bang because this week... <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> you see what we did. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. I've got a handful of codes that I would love to give out to some lucky Twitter slash X users who are also watching the show. Here's how it's going to work. It's a little bit different. So we want you to keep an eye on at Xbox Wire. That is the Xbox Wire Twitter uh, handle. You're going to look between noon and 2 p.m. Pacific this Friday. That is tomorrow, November 10th. Now, here's the way it's going to work. We're going to be asking uh, you to answer the question that we are giving you here. We're not going to put it on Twitter, so you got to listen here if you're hearing me say this. You're already ahead of the game. So I want to know, what is your favorite Call of Duty game mode? Modern Warfare 3 has, has it all. It's got the campaign. It's got zombies. There's DMZ. 
you know, there's Warzone has been uh, incredibly popular. So what is your favorite? That's what we want to know. So you've got to reply to at Xbox Wire. And this is incredibly important. You need to use the hashtag Xbox Free Code Friday Sweepstakes. Bit of a handful, but I promise you have enough of the characters to make it work. <laughs> Codes will be DM'd to the winners uh, by the end of the day, Friday Pacific time, and we're happy to do it. And that's how we're gonna do it every week, is we're gonna ask the question here on the show, and then we will prompt you on uh, Twitter or X on Friday, usually around noon Pacific, and you will come back, listen to the show if you haven't listened to it already, get the question, answer us, and hopefully you'll get to win. I feel like you need to answer your own question, though. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a great question. I will say... Um, this is very basic, but uh, I always enjoy the campaigns. The yes. campaigns for me mm -hmm. are mm -hmm. the most fun. Um, I, it might not be popular to say, but like Infinite Warfare is one of my all-time favorite. I actually cried at the end of that game. Infinite. I'm trying to remember which one. That, that was like was. the space one. It oh, was definitely yeah. like a, a, a very yeah, yeah. often left field compared to like you know mm -hmm. Modern Warfare or Black. And I love the Black Ops games too. Um, and I really like Black Ops Cold War's campaign. Yeah, I thought it was like mm -hmm. a you know sort of a '80s movie in a. In and that's a where you had the big room and everyone was inside. Exactly. I loved that yes. actually. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? What's your what's your favorite Call of Duty? Movie? I'm typically a campaign girl, but lately I have been enjoying playing Warzone with my dad because my dad is the worst video game player of all time. <laughs> but it is so much fun, and it's just the entertainment value of just watching that man he you know he can't get the verticality like set straight so he's looking up and spinning but this one time just recently he thought he was safe and protected turns mm -hmm. out he was crouched underneath an enemy tank <laughs> the, the, i mean no place is safer, no define, is safer. define safe and protected safe yeah. and protect no he was underneath the tank and uh he did not realize it until he got ran over but um <laughs> just <laughs> i love that man no so i would say probably warzone right now is giving me the most bang for my buck but uh campaign is always generally been my go-to uh, i like awesome. both man i cheated i answered both i can't do that yeah. You did though. That's yeah. okay. These are these are goals, by the way. For I, I look forward to the day when my daughter can see like, oh, I'm playing games with my old man, and mm. uh, he's crouching under a tank, and it was he's crouching and just staring up at the ceiling yeah, and spinning. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What about you, Jen? Campaign. I always yeah. love campaigns. Like I, multiplayer scares me because I'm not that great at it. Yeah. And same. Yeah. I just I I like to. I always want to make sure that I feel like I'm doing good, and I just multiplayer games like this just scare me. Because there's just too much going on, yeah. and I can't do it. You will find no objections here. <laughs> Again, Mr. Killstreak, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think make other people look great, is the way I'd exactly like to think. That's exactly, like, I mean, yeah. my gaming squad has been playing PUBG for, I guess, five years at this point, and I had my driver's license in that game revoked, like, week two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just... I'm there to support others. Yes. Uh, uh, I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a healer in most games for, for very good reason. Uh, yeah. We're givers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We care. We just we care. Yeah, too I much. And also that's the only the only role that is safe for us to play. Exactly. Anyway, this has been an amazing show. Britt and Jen, thank you so much for joining us here this week. Uh, this is maybe my favorite show we've ever done. Granted, we're only on like eight episodes in, but it's a high bar. A we high got bar to talk about to Like a Dragon Man. Yes. It doesn't get any better than that. And we'll have a lot more fun stuff next week as we uh, are going to be welcoming some guests that we're lining up. So you'll see some new faces and Tina will be back as well. Once again, if you're seeing us on YouTube, you could also listen to us on uh, Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or on Google Podcasts. Just search for Official Xbox Podcast. And if you're hearing us, we'll see you on youtube.com slash Xbox. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week.